that that really sort of intrigued me with Chicago is that yeah, it's a lot lot smaller scene than New York and LA. So like you could get open mic is completely right next to like sort of pro comedians in Chicago a lot of the times, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that is like one of the cool things about about Chicago is that everyone that there is that sense of like community which which I really love and that you you like you said you would get comedians who, who have been done who've been doing it for a long time with like people who are just starting and um I mean for me like it, it there is something just kind of like beautiful in that you know to kind of like see um if, if you're a newer comic you can be like like I think of like when I was a New York comic and, and I would see someone who like trying to think like, like Chris Red, right. Who's like on Saturday night live. Like he, he, sometimes we would be like at the same show and I would be like, Oh man, this guy's like so good. And I'm like, maybe if like I work hard, I, I can be as good as him. And you know, that still hasn't happened yet, but you know, it just Chicago kind of like makes that thought even possible, you know? And, and I think like if you're, um, a, a comedian who's been doing it for a while, sometimes, not all the times, but sometimes seeing a newer comic can kind of like help you as well, you know, be like, oh, okay, well, this is, uh, at, at the very least, you know, it reminds you of like how hard stand-up can, can be, you know, because, uh, you know, newer comics sometimes have to struggle, which is the case for everyone. And and how, how, does, um, how does it work? Because I hear a lot of the times in America, you do well in a smaller scene, and then you decide to go to New York or LA. Is that sort of like once you do well in Chicago, what for three or four years you move, or how does that work? Yeah, yeah. So it just depends on on the individual, right? Like I've actually been here in Chicago for like almost like eight years now. Um, this would have been my my ninth year doing stand up in Chicago, and and there's definitely been plenty of times where I've thought about moving, um, but. Uh, I was actually seriously considering moving to New York before, you know, the pandemic started. But um, yeah, to, to answer your question, um, to, I, to kind of further progress in your career as a comedian here in America, you kind of have to either move to New York or LA because of like the, just to get more exposure to the, to the entertainment industry which is, you know, based in, in those two cities, because Chicago, it's a great city. I, I think you can, uh, one of the reasons why I, I love it here and I haven't moved is that I, I felt like, you know, I, I wasn't ready to um, move to like New York or LA and really kind of um, hit the, just hit the ground running and, you know, have everyone be like, oh man, Jerry Tran is like an amazing comedian. You know, I feel like I would have to like start over again which is the case for most people. Um, and, but I uh, wanted to continue to get better. And I feel like in Chicago, there was still an opportunity for that. But um, if, if someone is more focused on, you know, uh, yeah, just kind of improving their, their chances of having, an, uh, having a, a career, then yeah, moving, you, you kind of have to move just because um, Chicago is, is pretty limited in that sense, just because there, there isn't that much you know, agents and managers, um, at least not as many as, as there is in New York and LA. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Marvel's World podcast, a podcast where we speak to fascinating and intriguing people who will make people like you and me make what we love a full-time job. 
if you like the podcast, share it with your friends, give it a review on iTunes. If you don't, say absolutely nothing, and this never happened. <laughs> Today, we have a fascinating and awesome comedian called Jerry Tran. He is related to Michael Jordan. <laughs> and no, he's, he's an amazing comedian, and he's here to tell us about the Chicago scene. Hello, Jerry. Hello. Hi, Marvin. Um, hello, everyone. Yeah, my uh, third cousin, Michael Jordan, says hi as well. You know, he wishes he could be here, but uh, it's uh, 2.10 here in Chicago, so he's probably sleeping. <laughs> he probably is. Is he still even in Chicago at the moment? Probably not, no. Yeah. <laughs> I think he uh, lives somewhere like in North Carolina, I'm assuming. But it was a funny story, isn't it? I watched that um, program on Netflix the last, what's it, I don't know, remember the name of it, but... The Last Dance? Yeah, they, they they completely changed that team. It was completely nothing before, wasn't it? Oh, before Jordan? Yeah, and, and Scottie Pippen. Yeah, it was... Uh, I'm trying to think. I, I saw that too, but like... When I think of The Last Dance, I'm like, man, Michael Jordan was just like a psychopath. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> him, him and Kobe, they're both a bit mad, aren't they? Yeah, it really made me wonder, like, if the, if you have to be, like, a little crazy to just, like, be really great at, like, what you do, you know, like Jordan and Kobe. Do, do you feel that um, comedians are a bit nuts? Because, like, one thing I, yeah. I hear from a lot of comedians, they always say that we are a bit mad. But when you say something like that, like, all comedians are mad, you're just justifying yourself of stupid things you do when, in the fact... It's, I don't think that every comedian is completely mad, just most of them. No. <laughs> I agree. I totally agree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say like maybe, what, like 90% are <laughs> a, a, a little nuts, but who knows? I, but uh, yeah, I think uh, most comedians have like, uh, you know, something inside of them that like compels them to do stand-up because I, I don't think normal people have that, you know, desire to get in front of strangers and try to make them laugh yeah I, I, it's, it's, it would be interesting to look at the science and like study the psychology of comedians opposed to a regular person but i think i think comedians are like a lot of performers like musicians as well poets or whatever you name it is is we why do we want to do that in front of ourselves or like an actor right. if they go in a film that tanks and yeah you know millions of people see it across the world that's a bit mad isn't it well isn't it yeah, you know, that's true. That's that's a good point. I don't I don't know why like comedians specifically have that sort of like tortured artist aspect to their uh uh to their craft. Although I guess like that tortured artist stereotype could also uh you know be extended to other artists as well. Yeah. It's and comedy is a I mean we're just speaking now that there's quite a story of comedy in Chicago and like how would you say like the story of comedy in Chicago differs to a place like New York and LA and Boston yeah that's a that's a good question I uh, I think it's it's different than those cities and uh and obviously this is just my opinion but I think like in, in New York and LA because there's uh the entertainment industry there, there there's a, a lot more pressure to uh, I guess like perform at a high level 
you know, because you never know, like when like an agent or manager or, you know, producer will see you. And whereas in Chicago, there really isn't, you know, that, that pressure. I mean, there's some like uh, industry in Chicago, but n not as much as like New York or LA. So, so I think that kind of like makes Chicago a little bit more pure. I don't know if that's the best way to put it, but in, in Chicago, you can kind of have the freedom to pursue stand-up in, in, in a way where you don't feel like you have to be as competitive, maybe, as in like New York or LA, where you're like, oh, I really have to like get as as good as, as, I, as, I, as I can because like, because of the industry. Whereas in Chicago, you're like, oh, I can kind of like move it like my own pace and not have to worry if like someone in, in the audience may be like, you know, um, considering me for like uh, a TV show or something like that. Yeah, well, it, it's incredibly competitive, but I, I did find that Chicago was very close to the level of New York. Like it's, it, I mean, New York may be slightly better, but from what I could see, it was a similar sort of structure. Like most comedians probably wouldn't do well that night, but they'll do okay. But like there'll be maybe in, in a comedian group of maybe 50, there'll be five that would stand out in Chicago. And I think that sort of spread across the board in New York or LA as well when I visited there. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I, I would say for my own like visits to New York and LA, I, I think uh, I've, I've had a similar feeling as well where it, uh, yeah, I, I think when you're in Chicago or if you're in a city that is in New York, LA, at least for me, I would always think that like bef before when I was like a younger comedian, like maybe only like a, a couple of years in, I would think that like all the comedians in New York and LA were like really good. And then I, I would go there and visit and be like, oh no, some of them are, aren't that great, you know? But the ones who are really good are, are great, you know? Um, so that that was just like a, a weird story that I had in my head, you know, about like the, the different levels of, uh, I guess, stand-up ability in LA, New York compared to Chicago. It's, I think it's, it's a funny, yeah, you would think that because New York effectively is the capital of stand-up, effectively. Yeah. It's the place you want to be, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely do think like, if you want to get really good at, at stand-up and you're looking for a a, a place to move to and, and place to live to go do it yeah new york would, would I, in my opinion be the best place to do it just because um there's more stage time there than uh you know chicago or la it seems like and and also just like i mean i, I think like the best comedians are, are based in new york and you know just being around that like level of of you know, comedians will only kind of like raise your your own game up. You know, it's kind of like if you're practicing with like Michael Jordan, right? Like he's gonna make you hopefully inspire you to like work harder. Yeah, in, in that same sort of way, or get better. But it, I mean, it, as you said, from our experience and things, sometimes it goes the other way, and it just right, goes. right, right. There's that too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't sort of notice that, but then a comedian friend of mine who also went there said that, and and I thought, yeah, that is true. Like you'd have a lot of people look at their phones and they would ignore you a lot of the times, and like you'd get maybe a little laugh, and a lot of comedians would get a lot of air and they'd get little laughs. But then 
just suddenly out of nowhere, you get someone that would listen, go and perform, everyone listen, and boom. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's interesting how that like uh, that that same sort of environment is uh, like that happens in Chicago, and I'm sure like in London and all over the place, right? Where comedians are just like terrible people to like uh, perform to. Generally speaking, oh, yeah. I, I feel like. Unless like you're you have that reputation of like a comics comic, right? Or like yeah. you're like comedian that other comics love to watch. And, and... Your comedians are very sort of strict on what sort of comedy should be. Like if right. if, if you're, do you have any cabaret sort of performers in, in Chicago? Like alternative comedy nights or alternative comedians? Yeah, 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 definitely. There there is like a a pretty like a pretty healthy alt comedy scene in, in Chicago. And um, I, I think that's one of the things that, that I like about Chicago is that like, so we have like the, the comedy clubs that's a little bit more mainstream and there's definitely like uh, alt rooms. So if you're comfortable with like doing both, I, I think, um, which, you know, I, I try to do, then it's, it's just cool to be exposed, right. To like different kinds of like uh, comedy and, and, and comedians. But um yeah, it's there. We, we have uh, some some very good, some very funny, like uh, you know, uh, alt comedians. And what what do they do? Do they do things like a chicken dance or something, or like <laughs> some people? What do they do? What what's? I I, I try to think. I, I I guess like just in the general sense, they don't really do like more of like a. So you know how like if you're like most like club comedians will try to be very relatable, right? get like as many people to laugh and you know understand like what, what the premise is I, I, I think um what a lot of all comedians like to do is kind of uh just ignore that part of like stand-up of like trying to be like relatable and they'll just kind of just you know at least on the surface do whatever it is that, that they want and like feel is funny and 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 I think there's uh, enough people in at least here in Chicago, like for audiences, right? Who will go along with that? At least, at least in the beginning, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think that's kind of like a, a very vague way to describe like what 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 it is that they do. But it's just uh, I don't know. It, it it it's tough for me to like kind of uh, de- describe it better without really, I guess, uh, giving away their their entire act. You know, they may be a guest on your podcast one day, and I don't, I don't want to like, spoil. <laughs> yeah, and, and does it does it also have an urban scene as well in Chicago? Because in the UK yeah. and in New York, we have. I don't like saying that word, but like you have the <laughs> mainstream, and then you have the other circuit. Sure. Yeah, I think urban's. I mean, I don't know if there's like a better word for it. You know, like uh, just like black rooms. I mean, yeah. that that's probably what I think. The people who do those rooms call it but yeah 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 chicago has like that as well and it's another great thing about chicago is that it just has like a very diverse you know uh, comedy scene and of course you have the before you had the laugh factory <laughs> yeah yeah laugh factory was it was a great club it's a uh, temporary closed now i think like uh zanies which is the other um club here in Chicago that's been around for a while and uh hopefully I mean they like reopen soon whenever things get better with the you know with 
coronavirus. Yeah, of course. It, because it, it is intriguing, the American scene. I mean, it, it's, I, I did find that if you come to the UK, you'll see a lot more alternative comedians than you see in the US, much more. Interesting. Okay. Why, well, do, you th- why do you think that is? Because I think in America, if someone does something more, what the fuck, you probably really lay into them. And then they will get this disgruntled <laughs> to do it again. But I think in the UK, we'll, some, we'll let them get away with it. Okay. It's a, it sounds like maybe the, the UK audiences are a little bit, little bit nicer, or at least a little bit more. Uh, we'll give the comedian a little bit more leeway. Yes, I think so. Uh, in, in certain things. But then Nigel says that American audience laugh better. But I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I've, I've never really performed in, in, in the UK. I, I've heard that like UK crowds can actually be a little bit more rougher when it comes to like heckling. But but maybe uh, maybe the person who told the person who told me that was just messing with me. I don't know. I I I um I'm not sure. I think they sometimes they get involved. Yes, a little bit, and they want you to sort of put them in their place a bit. We like to banter a lot. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think there's definitely American hecklers who um, subconsciously want that, you know. But I I think they just get drunk and you know. They they just want to uh, make themselves part of the show, you know. One thing that that really sort of intrigued me with Chicago is that yeah, it's a lot lot smaller scene than New York and LA. So like, you could get open micers completely right next to like sort of pro comedians in Chicago a lot of the times, couldn't you? Yeah, 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 and that that is like one of the cool things about about Chicago is that everyone that there is that sense of like community which which I really love and that you you like you said you would get comedians who who have been done who've been doing it for a long time with like people who are just starting and um I mean for me like it it, there's something just kind of like beautiful in that you know to kind of like see um if, if you're a newer comic you can be like like I think of like when I was a New York comic and, and I would see someone who like I'm trying to think like like Chris Red, right? Who's like on Saturday Night Live. Like he, he sometimes we would be like at the same show and I would be like, oh man, this guy's like so good. And I'm like, maybe if like I work hard, I, I can be as good as him. And you know, that still hasn't happened yet. But you know, it just Chicago kind of like makes that thought even possible, you know? And, and I think like if you're, um, a, a comedian who's been doing it for a while sometimes not all the times but sometimes seeing a newer comic like, can kind of like help you as well you know be like oh okay well this is uh at, at the very least you know it reminds you of like how hard stand-up can can be you know because uh, you know newer comics sometimes have to struggle which is the case for everyone and and how how does um how does it work because i hear a lot of the times in america you do well in a smaller scene and then you decide to go to New York or LA. Is that sort of like once you do well in Chicago, what for three or four years you move or how does that work? Yeah. Yeah. So it just depends on on the individual, right? Like I've actually been here in Chicago for like almost like eight years now. Um, this would have been my, my ninth year doing standup in Chicago. And, and there's definitely been plenty of times where I've thought about moving. Um, but uh I was actually seriously considering moving to New York before, you know, the pandemic started, but, um, 
yeah, to, to answer your question, um, to, I, to kind of further progress in your career as a comedian here in America, you kind of have to either move to New York or LA because of like the, just to get more exposure to the, to the entertainment industry which is, you know, based in, in those two cities, because Chicago's a, it's a great city. I, I think you can, uh, one of the reasons why I, I love it here and I haven't moved is that I, I felt like, you know, I, I wasn't ready to um, move to like New York or LA and really kind of um, hit the, just hit the ground running and, you know, have everyone be like, oh man, Jerry Tran is like an amazing comedian. You know, I feel like I would have to like start over again which is the case for most people. Um, and, but I uh, wanted to continue to get better. And I feel like in Chicago, there was still an opportunity for that. But um, if, if someone is more focused on, you know, uh, yeah, just kind of improving their, their chances of having, an, uh, having a, a career, then yeah, moving, you, you kind of have to move just because um, Chicago is, is pretty limited in that sense, just because there, there isn't that much you know, agents and managers, uh, at least not as many as, as there is in New York and LA. Yeah. And as a result of that, LA and New York, they, they say in LA, most of the people there aren't even from there. Right. Yeah. 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 A lot of transplants. Um, I, I think like it's, uh, yeah, I have a lot of friends who've moved to, to both cities. And that's the cool thing about Chicago is that you get people who like, um, you know, start here. And then they and they move and then when you go visit you're like you have friends or, or people that you know you know kind of helps with just visiting and you know doing shows and at least just you know being able to to hang out when, when you go out there okay and it's quite how, how would you say the two scenes differ because they always I always hear people tell me that if you want to get famous you go to la or if you want to get good you go to new york and i, I hear that there's some comedians that visit both yeah. and then there's one that's in one or the other. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely agree with that sentiment. Um, I, I do think New York is a place to go to, to get better at standup and LA is a place to go to if you want to have uh, a career that's more focused on like acting and if you want to be like on, on TV and in and, and movies. Um, because of like Hollywood and, and all that uh, and yeah to me it's, it's just interesting where like even visiting both cities like comedians in, in New York seem very like focused on the craft of like stand-up and, and they're like a, a lot of them are great joke writers you can tell that they really care about um, you know stand-up as an art form and, and that's not to say that like comedians in LA like don't but it, it there's just like a, a different vibe out there i think in, in la I, I think people um I, I think the comedians love stand-up as well it just i don't know maybe it could just be a california thing you know it just i i don't it doesn't seem as, as as intense you know so it could just be like a, a new york versus la sort of thing where la just has like nicer weather so people are a little bit more relaxed you know there and there's a big structural change though, like Joe Rogan and a lot of the big boys in, in LA sort of moved, didn't they? Like Joey Diaz, Joe Rogan, quite a few of the others left LA. So what's going to happen when things get back to normal? Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I don't know. That That's like a, that's going to be uh, exciting, right? To kind of see what, how, what comedy is like. 
it, I think about, uh, at least here in Chicago, and I have to assume it's going to be the same in LA and New York, that the shows are going to be pretty wild, at least in a good way, just because everyone has been inside for such a long time. And uh, I, I think once like comedy shows start happening, happening again on a regular basis, I, I think uh, they should hopefully be pretty fun. Like with 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 good audiences who yeah know, are happy to be there, they'll appreciate it more. Right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it's quite. Uh, how does so if 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 I'm I don't know my name is Bob right and I'm a new comedian I go into Chicago, what the I want to start comedy. How how would you, how would you progress? Like how does the structure work and like how do you, wh- where does it go? You, uh, yeah, I think the structure, at least in Chicago, would just kind of be at, uh, start at open mics, right? Like, just go to, just go to open mics. And then at at that point, it kind of really is just up to how quickly Bob progresses, because I I don't think, like, there's a set, like, time frame, you know, at least not here in Chicago, because, you know, I've seen so many comedians who have been able to just like really like progress quickly and and some of them you know work really hard and, and they're funny and they're able to find their their voice pretty quickly and then they rose through the ranks in in chicago and then some of them moved to like new york and la and then there there are other people you know i, I put myself in this group had it to just very slowly like you know grind their their way through through the structure so it, 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 I think it starts at like open mics and really just trying to like find out like what, you know, uh, Bob has to find out what his comedic voice is. And, and then uh, that's just uh, totally up to him. And then once you get good and start getting better people, you speak to people about different gigs, put yourself forward and then you do well in them and then you get up. And then I hear that you have like this, how it works is you, you do feature spots, which are 20 minutes. And you have headliners, which are 45 minutes. Is that right? Right, right, right. Yeah, 45 minutes to, to an hour or so. But yeah, that's pretty much it, for, at least for, for clubs um, that do like a more of like a, a three-person three act, right? Like a host or opener, a, a feature and, and a headliner. And then, and then like, like Laugh Factory, um, they're more of like a showcase club. So um, most comedians are, are doing shorter sets, like anywhere from like six to you know, 15 minutes where, where they don't do like the traditional, you know, host feature headliner. So, oh, okay. So what, what's the yeah. difference between a showcase club and the most of the clubs? Like, so, so for like, like the Laugh Factory, when they're like showcasing comedians, they're, they're just like having just more comedians do shorter sets. So it would probably be like, they would have a host who would maybe do like 10 minutes. So, so in that sense, it's, it's not that different. But um, the remaining time for that show, so let's say it's like 20 minutes for the feature and then like, yeah, 45 minutes to an hour for the headliner. That's another, what, a little over an hour. That time would be divided, uh, let's just say by like 10 minutes. So it'd be like six, six comedians doing, doing 10 minutes instead of two comedians doing longer sense. Okay. And what, what are sort of examples of showcase other showcase clubs in Chicago and like other regular clubs? So so Zanies, which is the other the other big comedy club in Chicago, they, they do more of the traditional format 
with the host feature and a headliner, but some nights of the weeks they would uh, do a, a showcase format where it was similar to, to Laugh Factories where they would have like six to seven comedians um, doing, you know, six to 10, 12 minute sets. Um, I'm trying to think, yeah. And then, and then there's just like a lot of like independent shows and some of them would do either a, more of a showcase format or have like a, I mean, for, for independent shows, that, that was, they would uh, almost always be showcases. Yeah. So that's an interesting thing because in the UK, the, the, the most people get is 20 minutes. In the, and it's, it's all basically showcase sort of sets. So you get, an op, you get a host, he does 10 minutes, and you get an opener, and then you get a middle spot, and you get a headliner. And occasionally you get, a, you get um, an open spot in between the opener and the middle act, doing maybe five or 10 minutes. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So uh, in, in the UK, there, there aren't that many like uh, showcase clubs, I guess, like, like Laugh, Laugh Factory? The most of them are like the Laugh Factory in a way. Oh, they are. We do oh, much okay. shorter sets. And that's... It, what we do... Li... In terms of like six... Yeah, we don't really do that. But we, we just do a lot shorter. And it's interesting in a way. Because, I mean, you get a lot more stage time doing 45 minutes. But if you're doing right. 45 minutes and you bomb for that long, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've actually never done a, a set for that long. I, I think I've only done like maybe, I think the longest set I've ever done is like 20 minutes. I don't think I've ever done more, which it's uh, to me kind of crazy. So it's a lot of like my friends who've been doing stand up at the same time that I've been doing it or, or, or shorter have, have done at least like 30 minutes, um, you know, a couple of times, if not like more than that. But uh, I don't know. I've never, <laughs> I've never been asked to, to do uh, a set for, you know, more than 20 minutes. Go to the Edinburgh Fringe and you'll get like 45 minutes for an hour. Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, you get an hour. I, mean, I, I don't know if I have that, like an hour of, of material. That, so that would, that would be, it'd be interesting to, to kind of have to cobble together <laughs> an hour of material. And that's that's what they do in the U, in the Edinburgh Fringe. So you for twenty eight twenty five days you do that, and then you also got little short spots that you can do as well. Okay, I mean that that would be a great opportunity, right, to kind of like um, generate material. Um, I think I've always just been maybe too much of like a perfectionist. Where if I was going to do a longer set, I'd really really want it to be as good as it can be. Where. I mean, I, I could probably do like a half hour or yeah, maybe an hour, but I, I wouldn't feel that confident that it would be like uh, my best material. But it would make you want to work harder though. Cause you... That's true. Yeah, it would. Yeah, yeah. It would, give, it, would, it would be a lot of pressure, but that wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. Is, is, there, is there a lot of little festivals in Chicago or near Chicago, like comedy festivals where people go and do spots or like, do something similar to, to that. Uh, so there, there, there are like a lot of like comedy festivals in, in America, but not that many like Edinburgh, I don't think where you can 
do like longer sets like most like fest comedy festivals here um you have right you have to submit and if you get accepted then you'll uh you just do showcases there um so you're, you're doing like sh most of the time doing shorter sets like same uh, as in like laugh factory where it's like six minutes you know maybe 10 minutes depending on on the festival it's one thing that I find quite interesting is I had a magician on my podcast and when he gets to do sort of shows, he does yeah. them for an hour each time. So like the amount of stage time you get is ridiculous. And then like he does a little warm up and like street performers as well, they get an hour. And so in, in London, you, if you're a street performer, you could maybe get up for five times for an hour. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I think Dave Chappelle used to, be a street performer when he was like a teenager. Yeah, and he learned from Charlie Barnett. Do you know? Do you know him? Do you remember him? I, I think maybe I like. I, I remember reading about the street performer thing for Chappelle, like in some book, and and maybe that um, Charlie guy was also mentioned in that as well. Because I, I have like a vague re like recollection of that name. I will give you a link to it and let me know what you think. And I'll show you, I'll share my screen with you so you can have a look at him as well to see what you think of him. Because he is amazing. Like he's, he's super confident. Like the balls he has, he, he does it in um, Central Park. Uh, and he just, he just has them in the palm of his hand. And he, he, it's a shame that he, he was in competition with Eddie Murphy for a spot on Saturday Night Live. And the only reason he didn't make it was because he couldn't read. He, he couldn't read? Something like that, yeah. Oh, wow. So, I hate it when YouTube comes up with these stupid adverts. But yeah. <laughs> give me a second. I'll show you in a minute. Where is it? Here we go. Watch him. He is incredible. Can you hear him? Okay. Okay, yeah, 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 now. We got a nice crowd here! I love a New York audience! I mean, look at this crowd! We're in the village! I love the village! We got a nice, mixed crowd! I mean, look what we got! We got white folks! <laughs> we got Puerto Ricans! Puerto Ricans! Puerto Ricans! We got a lot of fucking Puerto Ricans! Sorry. But I'm not gonna fuck with the Puerto Ricans, man! Cause y'all born with knives! Right? You'll cut me up and I won't even know what you're saying! Me to me to see the Empire! <laughs> and when you finish, you gonna get passed out, bro! Cause I got into a fight with a Puerto Rican kid and I was winning. I was bouncing around like Sugar Ray Leonard. I was bam, bam, bam. He's only about that tall. Then all of a sudden he went like this. And I was surrounded by a small Puerto Rican family of 4,000. Would, okay? would he get away with that now, do you think? I like possible. I mean, I, I think he's he's seems like such a charismatic performer where i feel like he, maybe just because like you know we're watching him right now but i i feel like he he probably could you know there would probably be maybe some complaints afterwards 
but I think in the moment he could he could pull it off. He just just seems very confident. <laughs> where uh, he's uh, has such a strong personality, where I, I think just th- that would be that would help a lot with being able to just pull almost anything off. You know. Yeah, he could probably do it in an open mic where there's no one listening. Everyone could be looking <laughs> at their phone, and he would just still carry on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that is, it's very, uh, very impressive. Like, to see people like, like uh, Charlie Barnett, who I, I can definitely see how, like, a young Dave Chappelle would see that and learn how to kind of um, captivate people's attention, right? Which is such an important part of, like, stand up. Um, and yeah, no, that was, like, very cool to watch. Thank you for um, pulling that up. That's my first time seeing that, so it was cool. Does yeah. Chicago have like a street performer thing like that, or not? Maybe not like when it comes to um, stand up or, or, or comedy um, or like spoken word. Although, you know, I'm not entirely sure about that, that last part. I mean, there's definitely like street performers who are performing music and or trying to perform music like at the at the subway stations but but i i've never seen anyone like trying to do what like charlie was doing in, the, in that video um kind of reminded me of like what uh i think in new york I, i've seen some friends doing shows at parks and it looks kind of similar to what he was doing in that video but here in Chicago, no. I think it's just too cold <laughs> for for anyone to kind of like be outside and and yelling and and for people to to watch that person. <laughs> but what about in the summer? <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, I think I think in the summer people in Chicago are just so happy that it's not cold that they're like, we're gonna go do something else <laughs> instead of uh, instead of watch a street performer. <laughs> Oh, okay, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, people in Chicago love the summers here. And they're, I, I mean, I don't know. To me, it, it's way too hot to be running around the city. But most people don't seem bothered by the heat. Because, <laughs> yeah, that's that's one thing I'm interested in. Like, there's a lot of, do, do you know, do you know of clowning? I've, uh, I mean, just the act of, being or is that just like what clowns do i guess a little bit but not too much (laughs) not like the red nose type one like there's more that's a certain sect of clowning but there's like okay if you look at what such and cohen does that's clowning and buffon and that's that's where effectively where you play with the audience and do completely mental stuff and there's a whole sort of field in that do you have acts that are like that uh no i mean no not really i i i think i uh i think at least here in chicago most comedians generally speaking are are pretty polite i I think that's just more of like a midwestern sensibility you know um where i I think i'd like to think most comedians are are, are pretty happy (laughs) that we there's even an audience there you know at like bars and independent shows or, or comedy clubs who are willing to like uh, listen to the comedians just blather on. So so the, there aren't that many comedians that I know of who are gonna be like, you know, like confrontational or not even confrontational, but try to like, you know, mess with, with the audience 
to the level of, uh, I guess, like a Sasha Baron Cohen, who, who I think is brilliant, but um, I don't know, that, that's such a, a daring thing to pull off where I, I don't know, I, I would love to see someone try it, but I, I have to imagine that the process of like trying to get really good at that would be, would be interesting to, to watch. It's it's a different sort of feel to stand up, but there's a lot of that in. Yeah, I w- I really would like to. I mean, next time I go to America, I'll, I I want to look at the alternative comedy scenes and see how they operate because I hear that there is a alternative scene, but they don't really mix much with each other. The stand up for the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, there's like maybe like a a nicer, more polite variation of like I, I guess clowning or 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 of like a Sasha Baron Cohen sensibility um for in the alternative rooms where I, I think just kind of like their their style of comedy is kind of like messing with 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 the audience in that like if if an audience member is coming to uh to a show and in their head they're thinking of like more traditional stand-up in the sense of like setups and punchlines and the talk and the alternative comedians like no we're going to try to subvert that in 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 a way like that that's kind of i guess their way of like messing uh with with the audience but they're not gonna like um i i guess in my head when i when i think of like uh, of how you describe clowning i i think of like a performer like like uh interacting with like the the crowd or like with the audience members directly and, and doing it over like a sustained amount of time. So I, 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 I don't know of any comedians in Chicago who, who do that, but when it comes to like uh, all comedians, they, they like with their, with their styles of jokes, I, I think they definitely try to like mess with the audience, you know, in, in that way. Okay. And I did find that with Chicago is quite sort of mild and they're quite sort of polite a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like everything is so much cheaper than New York. And I went to one of the bars in Chicago. I don't know the name of it, but it's on a Friday late at night. And they ordered they ordered like twenty odd pizzas or something. And then you get a if you buy a drink, you get some meal deal, where they you get some Domino's pizzas with unlimited pizzas or something. Yeah, I mean I, that that sounds like a very Chicago like thing to do, you know, where where people are just like pretty pretty polite and, and respectful and I uh, and I think the comedians a lot of them are you know from the from the the, the midwestern region of you know of America where it's a um, a similar like sensibility whereas like you know like in New York which you, which you visited people are a little bit more aggressive right um, and in LA California on the west coast there, there, there may be like a little bit a little bit more laid back or you know whatever but yeah, in, in Chicago, in the surrounding states, like yeah, people are like that. They'll they'll buy they'll buy pizzas, you know, it, for you if you buy beers, and they'll like come to comedy shows and they'll 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 watch and they'll try to listen. And if you're a comedian, you you usually like grew up around those people, you know, like people like that or your friends or, or your family. So, I it, it's a it's a similar. Um, sensibility and, and vibe when it comes to the to the performers. I mean, generally speaking, as well. And how does it sort of? Dip? This is sort of a cultural question about Chicago itself. But like, it is sort of like the north side of Chicago is all right, and is 
certain bit but then like on the other side it's all i don't i don't know how to say this but it's, it's dodgy and like, like one side of it's completely okay and the other side is completely not and how does the relationship sort of go with that yeah i mean it's it's a uh, it's con it's complex for sure it's uh i mean chicago and one of the not so great things about it is that it, it is segregated kind of like you said where the where the north side is predominantly white and and the south side of chicago is is predominantly black and yeah i, I think like um when it comes to, to comedy it's uh i mean it's tough for me to say personally just because i i don't have a lot of experience performing on the south side of chicago and i wish I, I wish I had more experience so I, I could, I don't know, just give a more accurate, uh, I don't know, I guess like I, I, I'd be able to just kind of give you a better idea of like what it's like to perform comedy on the, on the South Side of Chicago. Because some of the best comedians, you know, from Chicago are from the South Side, like, yeah. you know, Bernie Mac, uh, Lil Rel, um, and, you know, so many that, you know, I am. And even like a lot of like really good comedians who are, you know, performing in Chicago right now, you know, they're based out of the, out of the South side. And um, it's, uh, I mean, yeah, it, it is just kind of unfortunate how Chicago is, is so segregated, but I don't know. Hopefully one day uh, we'll that'll change. <laughs> yeah. But is our things, how is the city progressing? Is it getting better or is it like? Uh, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't think so. Sadly, oh. I don't, I don't think it's, it's, it's gotten better. It's the, I think it's, uh, it, it, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I feel like, uh, I, I'm not like smart enough to, to talk about uh, yeah, like the history of like, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's very political. And it's just like, I mean, I don't want to like defend the city of Chicago too much because I, I like diversity. Right. I, I think, um, I'm originally from from Houston, which is um, you know from Texas. I don't know how familiar oh, okay. you are with uh, America, but um, the the my hometown, my home city, it's uh, way more diverse than than Chicago. Um, okay. Chicago's bigger, but but Houston, it was like more multicultural in the sense where it wasn't segregated. And um, whenever I would go visit my family and I, I would do shows there, it was it was a lot of fun because and, and different than doing shows in, in Chicago because the shows in Houston would be yeah more diverse. There would there would be like kind of like Charlie Barnett was talking about in the video in New York where it was like white people and black people and and Mexican people, you know, like you're performing to all different kinds of people and and it's very cool to see if your jokes will, um, you know. Uh, resonate with different crowds, right? Whereas in in, in Chicago, um, if you're performing on the north side of Chicago, as um, you may have noticed when when you came to visit, you're performing mainly to to white people, and you know there's obviously nothing wrong with that, but you know, I there's just something cool about knowing that your your jokes are you know are are funny enough to to make you know different kinds of people laugh. And yeah. I, I would say that's one of the, you know, unfortunate things about the Chicago comedy scene and, and Chicago as, as a city, uh, like how segregated it is. But 
on the plus side that people who get out of these segregated environments they got a lot of things to fall back on like they got a lot of stories to fall back on they've got a lot of grit and like they they can talk about so many different things that happen to them yeah yeah no for sure i think like uh that that is kind of um yeah that's a, that's a, that's a you bring up a good point and it is interesting and I, i'm just thinking about how like if you're a, a, a like talented enough of a comedian you can i like to think you can kind of just perform anywhere right ideally um you're able to just shape or inform your material to make it relatable enough to the to the people in the room that you're performing in right because i think that's what's so great about seeing like comedians from the the south side of chicago who will come to the north side and perform in like mainly white rooms and if they're like they're a black comedian and, and they're not really changing their act that much they're just kind of like um telling the jokes that they that they normally would but they still find a way to like connect right with with the audience and and i and i think if you're uh, a comedian who performs mainly on the north side of chicago and you go to the south side and you're good enough you would be able to do the same thing you know and and i think that speaks to kind of what you're saying you know about like uh just the the grit and the and just being savvy enough right to kind of like know how to survive at least in a, in a comedy sense you know when you're you're in a different environment yeah, I've seen it. Like in in the, I remember they they had a hecklers night in Chicago. Is that still going on? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, not at the moment. I don't. I don't think so. Yeah. I, I think currently, uh, comedy in Chicago, Sally, is on pause. But before the pandemic, I, I think it was still going on. Yeah. Yeah, because it was quite a mad night. Like there are a few hecklers night in the UK, but the Chicago one was a bit more um, up there. <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh yeah i mean chicagoans can can be pretty polite uh but after they've had a couple of drinks they like loosen up you know and yeah get a little wild <laughs> it, it was pretty mad because it's like filled with comedians it's a bit like right who's the next person i want to take all my shit out on yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it just becomes like a, a big group therapy session yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was funny. I, I did enjoy it. And there there was another night in Chicago where um the two of them were just banter throughout the whole hour. They were playing there's a black guy with frizzy hair and glasses, and then there was another white guy you had a very sort of hipster vibe and they like after each act they would spend talking for about five minutes or something. And Okay. I'd have to describe uh, yeah. it better. <laughs> yeah i mean i feel like that's like a lot of shows in, in, in chicago i mean uh yeah if it's like an independent show and whoever's hosting m most hosts love to kind of just banter and i don't know take advantage right of uh of hosting and the stage time that comes with it i i think one thing that was quite funny was i remember the only sort of thing that i've seen aggressive between comics was there was one guy that was performing. He did some little thing on the stage, and then the guy goes and yanks him off stage and said, "You're not performing." Oh wow! Okay, yeah, that's uh, that is pretty aggressive. I don't, I, I, I haven't seen that too that often. You know, here here in Chicago, if I saw, if I was in the room, I saw that. I would have been 
a little scared. Uh, I, I would have uh, been afraid that like a, a fist fight, you know, would uh, start to break out between the, the two of them. It, it, it seemed a bit, what the, the, it just seemed the other guy was just shocked by it. He did something he meant as a joke, but the other guy completely lost it and said, oh, you can't perform. And like, I hear that the, the guy who took him off has supported a lot of comics in Chicago, but yeah. You see, I, I, that, and then I've seen a couple of times where in America, comedians would have quite a loud fist off of each other. Like one guy was doing some weird thing with a puppet in LA. And then some guy goes and after says, I, I don't know how to do the American sort of gang, the sort of ghetto sort of voice. But he said, man, what is that mad shit? What is going on? I fucking hate comedy. And <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I'm, now I'm in my head. I'm just like, I really, I'm really curious as to why you know, cause those reactions. I, I, I've definitely have been at like open mics and shows where the comedian on stage was like saying something really offensive, right? Like something real, really racist, and and comedians have rightfully been upset. You know, uh, you know, comedians who are watching got upset at the comedian, you know, saying all the offensive jokes. And to me, that that's understandable. So I maybe that that's what the the puppet was saying some really fucked up stuff who knows i like the what's it called the cupcake guy the guy he, he had this <laughs> little thing with the lady on the on the piano and they used to have a bit of banter i like that it was really stylish yeah yeah i i know uh, i think it's like a gallery cabaret right yeah I, I think yeah that is like um a really cool place because uh it, that's a very chicago like dive bar i feel like like I, I think uh it's a cool bar for people from out of town to come in and be like oh yeah this is what chicago is like what bars in chicago are like and and, and there's a comedy show happening here too it, it can either be really good or it can be really bad you know and that, that's the exciting thing about uh shows like uh cupcake camera and uh, they, they, I think they used to record it. And then I remember seeing a clip on there, I think a few years back, where some there was a black comedian. He was saying some really offensive stuff. And then him and the lady said, do you, do you want to carry on? And then they, they got rid of him. <laughs> yeah, we know. Good for them for, uh, yeah, kicking the guy out. I, I think that's, uh, it's like a tough thing to do I, I feel like to kind of like stop a, a comedian during their set since uh the like at least in america right like free speech is such an important thing i i mean it's probably the same thing too in the uk right or, or no how, how do you how, what's like free speech like over there um we we are similar to chicago in that regard we don't we hate we don't like comedy that's punching down and we're right. a bit more responsive to that. But I think in New York and L.A., sometimes they get away with that. Because I remember in L.A., there was a Spanish guy making jokes about bums. And, like, he said that peop people from our race had the worst bums. <laughs> it, it was a bit, like, it's a really racist. And he did this. Right. And it was a bit like, they all found that funny. But it was a bit like, come on, man, that is, he, he's from another minority group. And he's probably going in there. It's just. Yeah. Like, and also, that's one thing that I want to do a joke about because when even me, you, or like any other 
minority group is racist, it just makes the whole thing worse. Like, yeah, no, totally agree. I, uh, yeah, no, I, I think like at least here in Chicago, I, I feel like because we were so polite, we, we, um, are okay with the most part of like comedians kind of saying whatever they want, but at the same time, there is a line, right? Like, and if the comedian crosses that line by being like racist or being sexist or just being like, just very like offensive and disrespectful to people in the room, then yeah, they, they should be called out. And um, I mean, I, I, I'm a very like non-confrontational and a little bit of a coward, you know? Uh, but I respect and admire people who, you know, like, um, you saw here in, in Chicago who, or at least in the video, you know, will tell a comedian on stage who's being like a, a terrible person and tell them to stop, you know, and, and get off stage. I think, I think that's a good thing. I think you've got to push the line sometimes, but I think you can often see the intent of the material when someone's doing dark stuff. Right. I agree. I I think you can do what you want and you can be maybe dark and push it a bit, but it's the way, it's the intention and the way you say it. Yeah, like there has to be thought behind it, right? Like that, that kind of goes hand in hand with, with the intention, right? You're like, oh, okay. I mean, I may not agree with what like this comedian, what is trying to say with this joke, but you know, I um, respect their right for, you know, to, to be able to tell it in, in the first place got an interesting question to ask you here because like being asian like a lot of people they do this one thing joke that i've got a bit bit against is when an asian comedian like us makes a joke about the or, the organ because it's such a cheap joke i mean you make right. jokes about our race right but like when you make fun of that i i, I don't know what to make it that's such cheap hanging fruit yeah i agree i agree it's uh i mean at this point it, it's just ha it's just a hacky joke to make right where that joke has been made for a very long time now where unless you're, you're unless the comedian the person telling the joke has come up with a very original and unique you know spin or take on it then maybe I, I i i can laugh at it and be like oh that's a good joke but i i, I kind of think that's unlikely at this point you know um, that that's my main reason for uh, for not liking it. But uh, I mean, the other reason too is just like, yeah, it's just dumb, and it's just like, wait, why? It, it's so strange to me, right? That someone would take the time to like sit down at their desk, uh, pull out their pen and paper, and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna write a joke about you know, Asian men having small penises. Like it's that's so that's so weird to me. I, I don't I don't understand that at all. It's the same with other races. It, it's the way you say it, because that I feel that that's it's just too cheap. I mean, right. I, I'll, I'm trying to make a joke on that joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That would be good. That I, I, uh, that kind of reminds me of like something I read recently, where it's like, I, great art is really just remixing stuff, right? Because there's very few original and new ideas. So you had to take something that's already been done and, and just try to like make it better. Uh, so, so I like the idea of like, oh, this is like a really bad joke that, that you're doing. Or I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it and I'm just gonna like try to remix it and, and, well, and transform it into something good. I'm trying to make it like a conspiracy theory. Like where'd this rubbish come from? 
is there is there what's it called did some lady get upset with an asian man and just like tell all her friends and it gets hey. get spread around marvin i think that's a good premise you know it's always like uh <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah no let me uh send me the clip of the the finished version of that joke because I, <laughs> I i'm i'm curious to see how the how it evolves you know yeah, it's it's a hard bit, but it's yeah, it's 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 interesting. I, I I like like um Nigel does a lot of good bits on Asian stuff because none of his stuff is sort of punching down, like is right. it's all sort of based on common things that Asians are food. Like his rice yeah. video, like all of us <laughs> Asians, we make rice like that. <laughs> yeah, no, Nigel's a, a very talented comedian. I uh, I'm so happy for him because he's someone that like you know we were talking earlier right about like the. The, the structure of Chicago and how, you know, uh, Bob, right? Like how quickly, you know, he could progress. I, I think of like Nigel, who he was someone who before he moved was already progressing pretty quickly in, in Chicago. And, and I think a lot of it is just due to his talent and his hard work, you know? And it's, so it's just been very inspiring to see him just to, to build on that, you know, after yeah. he, after he moved and just blow up and become like this, you know, big deal now. That is, that is our stereotype that I, I think is, is okay to joke on, like our ha- typical sure. hard work thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, Nigel was uh, very uh, stereotypical <laughs> when it came to that. <laughs> but, but, I mean, yeah, it's, it's and there's a lot of people that have sort of done well in it like there's the fong bros who've done pretty well with it yeah i'm not are they like you like youtubers or i'm not too familiar with them but do they do they do they do stand-up too or no but they do a lot of comedy videos on asian culture and then there's linda vong who've done quite well so there's quite a lot of like people from asia that are doing quite well creatively and i think things are going to but generally, a lot of us, we don't work in the creative bits, but I think it, you can see that it is changing. You've got people like Nigel that are influencing people, like Phil Wang from the UK has influenced a lot of comedians in the UK. And like you've got Ronnie Cheng, Ali Wong, yeah. Margaret Cho, they're inspiring a lot of Asians to be creative. Musicians yeah. as well. Yeah, no, it, it is like a really cool time to kind of see uh, a lot of like Asian American and entertainers you know just kind of uh be creative and, and be successful at it. it it is inspiring and uh to me I, I what i really love about it is that like growing up in, in houston i didn't have that many friends who were uh asian and creative you know it was usually more of like the more stereotypical route where um they were just studying math and, and science and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But I, yeah. I didn't have that many friends who were like trying to like do comedy or, or, or do any sort of like art form. But it be, it's no, it's great that things are sort of changing now. It's good to see yeah. more people from different cultures do things. And you know, I right. want to see the first Asian president or Asian prime minister of the UK in America. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, <laughs> there was uh Oh man, I can't remember his name, but there was like a Asian American man here who ran for president. And oh, Andrew Yang, and he did oh. he did okay. So I mean, if things keep progressing, you know that that could definitely happen in the future. 
Yeah, that'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, so some questions I'd like to ask about you. So from speaking to you, you seem like a calm, chilled out guy and like you're quite forthright and honest. But what, like, what, what, what would be something about you that people wouldn't expect? That they would, uh, yeah, man, that's a good question. I don't know. I uh, wouldn't expect, I guess I like, well, I, I am very much into, at least recently within the past couple of years, I've got, have gotten into like, um, just Zen philosophy and Zen Buddhism. I, I think that's helped with like being calm and chill. I, I don't, I used to have really bad anxiety. So, so that, I think that's part of the answer as well, but like really practicing like meditation and, and trying to like, uh, I guess, work on myself to kind of to get a better grasp on my anxiety is, is something that I have to spend a lot of time doing. Um, so that that could be surprising to people or it may not be. I don't know how uh, uh, how surprising that, that is or not. And what does what has been moments where you've overcome it with Zen, like what you're doing now? Like how have you overcome that? it's it's helped a lot with with being less self-conscious because i think i'm someone who used to be very critical of myself and 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 judge myself a lot and i i think what what i like so much about like meditation and like the zen philosophy is like it really focuses more on just being present and in the moment and and when you're really able to do that then uh you're you spend less time in your head and when you spend less time in your head you're not uh, just swimming around with all with all those thoughts you know telling you that that you're dumb and you're stupid and 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 you know you don't you're not funny and the things coming out of your mouth don't make any sense and the people hearing it are just gonna like think poorly of you you know like and these are these would be thoughts that I would have constantly and it really, uh, it happened so much that it's a big reason why I didn't start doing standup until I was older. I'm 38 now. Uh, so, so that could be surprising to some people. And I didn't start doing standup until I was 29. And a big reason is because I, I, I didn't think I, I, I was funny and I didn't think people would laugh at me. And so I was like, why even, why even bother? Right? Like why even try? Like if, you know, if, I don't think like I, I'm gonna, you know, succeed at it. Um, so, so yeah, meditation and, and um, Zen Buddhism has really helped with like um, being aware of, of these thoughts and thought patterns and not becoming too attached to, to them and just realizing thoughts and feelings are, are just thoughts and feelings and they, and that they come and they go. And, and <clears throat> do you have any heroes that you look up to that's helped you get better with this? Yeah. Oh, you know, well, uh, my third cousin, Michael Jordan, very inspiring, <laughs> you know, to be related to one of the, to the greatest of all time. Uh, heroes, man, I don't know. Like, to, to, when it comes to comedy, um, no one, like, original or unique. Like, all the greats, you know, inspire me. I think it's always like just fun to see someone who's really good at what they do you know so like Dave Chappelle and, and Chris Rock and 
oh man, Louis C.K. before he became, you know, problematic and controversial. Uh, he, he was someone who I, I like to watch. And I, it, it's just, yeah, great to see people at, at the top of their game, you know, really, uh, you know, show younger comedians what, what is possible, right? Like what, what could happen if you like work really, really hard and, and, and don't give up. And uh, outside of comedy, um, just my mom, you know, she was like an immigrant from, um, and moved to America and, and uh, my dad as well, you know, he passed away, but I guess I could still count him as, as, as a hero too where, you know, they were both immigrants and they came to America and they, you know, worked hard and made sacrifices. So I, I could even just be here talking to you. Yeah, I feel the same as well, in a way. It's, yeah, we, we, we regret that with the parents sometimes. You wouldn't be in certain right. positions if it weren't for your parents. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is like a very Asian uh, cultural thing, right? To have respect for your for your parents and, and the sacrifices that they made. Um, man, Mar Marvin, real quick, I, did, did you watch Crazy Rich Asians? Just give me your quick two minute thoughts on it because I'm curious. What, I what... have not seen it, but is it on Netflix? Watch it and then post a write a review. I want, I want to read it. I don't know, I don't know if it's, it's on Netflix, but um, the thing that we were talking about, like, uh, having respect for your elders and family it's it's a it's an uh, important theme in in the movie so when we were talking about that it, it, re it reminded me of it but uh oh I'll have a look. it's a good movie yeah yeah you should watch it I, I'd, I'd like to see more sort of like um sitcoms on asian sort of culture sort of educate people like nigel's thing is a bit of an education for a lot of people yeah 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 it, it it's it's funny that like there isn't really like that much um like representation right of uh asian american culture which i guess kind of makes sense that so many people are, are watching nigel's videos because there's such a i mean need for it because there, there isn't there isn't that many yeah and it's it's it would be good to see more i mean the the the, the things in hollywood don't they say that they either cast us in an accountant a martial arts artist or nerd is not really right, right, right. much more than that. Right. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, it's frustrating because I, I think if, if you're, if you're not Asian and you don't know that that many Asian people, then you're only going to go by what you see on TV and movies, you know? Um, so yeah, th there should definitely be more, you know, representation and exposure. Yeah. But one thing I want to say, so with, with the comedy journey and like with all the experience of your parents and all that, how has that sort of shaped you as the person you are today? Like how has comedy changed you and how, has, how, have, how have your experiences shaped who you are? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I, I think that like my uh, parents' experience has helped me put my own comedy journey in perspective you know like i i think um that i think comedy is is hard for everyone and i i think when i was like struggling with it like if i had like a really bad show i i would be really down on myself and then 
if I became aware of that to kind of cheer myself up, I, I would just tell myself like, hey, I mean, yes, it sucks to do a show and to bomb, you know, in, in, in front of people, but it it's not as bad as like the the immigrant experience, right? To, to move to a new country, um, not speak the language, like, like my parents did and, and have to just work like a terrible job and experience racism and, and, and do it all to kind of like um, have a better life for, for your children, you know? So, so I, I think of like the sacrifices and what that my parents had to make and what they had to go through, it, it helps put comedy in, in a better per- perspective for me um, where I'm like, yeah, I mean, it sucks to bomb in a show, but you know, it's, it's not, it's not the worst thing in the world. And uh, yeah, it helps with uh, just kind of uh, moving on, you know, and, and focusing on, on the next show and, and just working harder at, at standup and writing better jokes. Yeah. That's, and then that's the first real hand example. Like when you're sort of a hero next lot of first hand, it, it's inspiring. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, for sure. It's, um, yeah, I, th- I think it's, uh, I mean, probably maybe you had the same experience too, but like, I think my parents just taught me that it's just like, you have to just like work really hard and, and not give up, you know, like nothing is really gonna, the things that you want in life and in comedy, they're not going to come to you when you want it, you know, that you, you, you kind of have to like, sort of not even think about that. You just have to just work hard and then, you know, whatever happens, happens. Like, hopefully good things happen, but that's just, like, out of your control, you know? Like, the good things will happen unless, like, you work hard. Work hard. Yeah. And how has um, comedy changed you as a person? Oh, man, that's another good question. How, how has comedy changed me as a person? I, I think it, well, it's definitely made me more comfortable with myself because I, I, I think, uh, I mean, and again, you, I mean, hopefully maybe you can relate to this as well and maybe like you know all comedians or most comedians can relate in that like just the act of doing stand-up it's such a vulnerable thing to do you know you have to kind of spend time like figuring out like who you are as a person and like how how what your voice is and what your perspective and point of view is and like for me that's not something I that I spent a lot of time doing before I started doing standup, if, if that makes sense, you know, like I didn't sit at a, at a table and, and think about what I really felt about, you know, racism in, in America or my family, you know, or, or my job, you know, and, and, and up really forces you to kind of be more introspective and, and, and self-aware and just kind of uh, figure out what, what your beliefs are when it comes to, you know, different things so i i think in the process of doing that i've it sounds so corny but i've gotten to like know myself better you know which i i think is is important to like just developing as as a person like i i I don't think i i I would be the person i am today if if it wasn't for for stand-up okay and so even though yeah that's that's the thing about stand-up it helps you grow and find yourself right but i wonder what it's like for someone who's who's hooked up on drugs and like filled with alcohol (laughs) and like what's it called like 
what's it called? <laughs> Who's the one that used to have that weird screen? Sam Kinson. I mean, for him, right. how he, he he just found out that he was hooked on something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I always think when it comes to like drugs and substance abuse for comedians that they just become addicted to the high that comes with performing and doing well, right? And that they want to just keep that that same good feeling going for as long as they can, you know. But uh, could be wrong. I don't know. This is my theory when it comes to comedians and drug addiction. But that's yeah, that that is true though. I mean, with comedy, does it does definitely help find you? But it's it, you go on a journey, whatever, one way or another. Right. Um, and, and with sort of comedy and with everything as a whole, what advice would you give to your younger self? To, I would probably say just to my younger self, just write better jokes. You know, just really. <laughs> Right, right. Uh, the jokes that you're writing right now, uh, you think that they're good, but they're not. They're not that good, you know. So, uh, no, I, I think it really go back to just uh, the question and answer before about like uh, finding yourself and like developing your voice. Like that's something that's taking me a very long time, and and maybe that's just. Uh, there's nothing I, I personally can do to like uh, make that amount of time shorter and faster. But if, if I find a way to do it and I go back in time, I, I would definitely share that with my, with my younger self. So uh, he doesn't have to, you know, take as much time as, as I did to better. get better. Yeah, yeah. And what is a quote that you'd like to live your life by? Quote well, just, um uh, man i have such a terrible memory uh a quote uh man i feel like i should go with like a michael jordan quote right where he says he <laughs> says something about like not not making every sh every uh shot <laughs> that he, i'm just making something up <laughs> at this point um oh, man i think it was something about like he uh he man i don't even know uh can we uh yeah that's cool google something real quick yeah <laughs> let me google uh inspirational quote real quick and the first one that that comes up will be okay all right uh don't let yesterday take up too much of today okay that's it guys don't listen <laughs> and why why is that oh and why why is that my quote oh i don't let yesterday take up too much of today you know i i i like it a lot because it it uh i think it's about being being present right like don't hold on to the to the past and to really just kind of like uh be here now you know and i uh, just enjoy the experience of, of what's happening today instead of, you know, uh, thinking too much about what, what happened yesterday. Yeah. And one more thing. Do you have anything you'd like to plug? I no, just my social media, but even though like I, I'm pretty terrible at uh, updating it with content, 
on a regular basis but if people want to follow me on on twitter and instagram that that would be cool um yeah that's about it okay and guys back home that's been jerry tran i hope you've enjoyed him if you like the episode please give it a review on itunes share it with your friends and make sure you follow jerry okay hope you've enjoyed it hope you hope you found out about the chicago scene hope you've understood learned i hope you guys have gained a lot from it and what should we say jerry let's take care jerry it's been a pleasure hope you take care of everything and hopefully see you soon um i'll send you some links for the zoom links and yeah best of luck back home everyone and take care jerry bye everyone thank you so much for having me on your podcast martin had a great time thank you Thank you.